Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, we're back, my friend. We're podcasting. How you doing? We're podcasting again. I'm doing well. Can't complain. Weather's decent. Uh, pretty uneventful weekend, so that's always nice. It's almost you Easter, get, man. You, know, you got things you don't have to have do. You, it's true. Have you eaten any peeps or anything? I mean, it's uh, it's Palm Sunday when we're recording. So, have you started Is in that on a any Easter chocolate peeps, peeps on Palm Sunday? No, I was just curious. You know, like I know you live close to King Supers, and I'm like, I don't know. Have you bought any peeps <laughs> in Doven yet? Because I would if no, I was that close. I think Easter. <laughs> I think Easter wise, Easter has the worst candy that like sweets that are out there for a holiday. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah, dude, Halloween like, is way better. <laughs> they like to do like those those moth, yeah. what do they call those things? Moth moth balls or the moth ball. Yeah, not um, moth balls. Moth balls, maybe something like that. Balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, that look like the big gum, like uh, pieces of gum, <laughs> yeah. but they're not. And they're, they're this just nasty, like, weird, like crunchy chocolate styrofoam. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who likes those things. And this is the only time of year that they're ever sold is during Easter. Uh, yeah. This is like their time to shine. Like, <laughs> no, we need to come up with like gummy bears or like gummy chick, okay, jelly chicks. Beans. Something. I think something needs to jelly come beans. Out. Oh, jelly beans. Dude, That's jelly funny. beans are solid. They're the one. They're, yeah. Okay. And peeps. I like peeps, but not everybody likes marshmallows. But jelly beans. It's like, yeah. how can you, especially the Starburst jelly beans. Um, this Jesus slash starburst for uh, just kidding. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, dude, the starburst corporation. Yeah, we get a big, we have a huge starburst por- <laughs> partnership. That's why we're talking Easter candy. Um, just kidding. That'd be hilarious if it was true though. But uh, yeah, man, the starburst jelly beans are like the, every flavor That's is fair. delicious. Starbursts are pretty That's tasty. Totally. Jelly beans yeah. in general are pretty good, but that's really, that's, that's it. Really it. Have you uh, have you thrown a peep inside the microwave for your daughter? Dude, yet? you know it. You know, well, no, not for my daughter. Okay, I still don't own a microwave, bro. Um, actually, that's a lie. <laughs> I forgot. I, I own a mic. I know you have one in your like, trailer. <laughs> no, okay, here's the thing. I have one actively listed on Facebook Marketplace to sell. There was one that came in my camper, and they're like, "Yeah, we just bought this. It's brand new. We haven't even used it." Uh, but here you go. And I'm you're like, like morally against um, them. So you have to get rid of it immediately. Well, in the camper, I just have like such limited space and we, we aren't used to using microwaves at all. So I'm like between the indoor like range and outdoor grill that hangs on the side and like the campfire, I'm like, we don't need that. <laughs> we don't do that. So I'm how selling do you, it. I'm how do you heat that. up? How do you heat up? Um, like leftovers, like you just throw them on a pan again. Throw them in a pan. Throw them on in the oven. Like you know all that stuff. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. Do you have like a what do they call it? Like a toaster oven. We do have a toaster. Oven. Or does that it's feel a, a little? Okay. No, no. I don't know if that felt toast. too microwavey for you. <laughs> you yeah, like, we have no, we're against it. We just yeah if morally, you just... I think Jesus hates microwaves. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is, dude. It's a theological stance. No, we're just like yeah, a little bit hippy dippy. That's why we don't have. Uh, at first, it started by like our apartment was tiny, and we're like we don't have space for a microwave. And then we, you know, me being overly all pretty conspiratorial, 
and uh, and Jana being pretty healthy, we were just like, mm, that doesn't seem like a good thing for food. And then we just have stayed weird and haven't ever got a microwave. So yeah, man, going on uh, 10 years this June being married to Jana and we have never had a microwave. So wait, when you moved into your house, did it, did yeah. it have a microwave you had to get rid of? No, no, they didn't. Mm. Um, yeah, like I think they must have had like a really old one they like threw away or something, but it wasn't like they okay. didn't have a microwave like it. We have uh, an oven in the wall where most people would probably have a microwave, you know, so. So what goes above your stove if it's not a microwave? Just a vent hood. That's it. And then uh, spices and stuff, spice cabinet and all that above that. Um, yeah, man, we're... Uh, awesome. <laughs> not that i use my microwave but, that often but like right i don't know something feels wrong to like right. throw my carne asada you <laughs> be back in a pan after it's been cooked for my tacos here's the thing the bro it uh it deepens the flavor it makes it better it's like it's you should try it sometime and just be like i know this is gonna take five minutes more and make no, a dirty pan if, if i'm pulling I'm something out to eat and i'm throwing it in the yeah. microwave i want to eat pretty uh-huh. damn fast that's yeah. why i'm putting it in the microwave i don't right. want to heat up the oven convenience over quality is that i, I know you're yeah. a big you know <laughs> big fan. yeah who needs quality man like it's only the food you live on you know yeah. um i was thinking like what I'm else do i throw in the microwave down. Peeps, and I don't, which is what started this, and that is I the best way I don't to throw eat a peeps peep, in By the way, no. you don't. Uh, uh, that I is the best way. I don't do want it. to mistime it and have to be the one to clean it up. <laughs> yeah, if it, it was someone else's microwave, I guess. Yeah, uh-huh. I have no problem with that. <laughs> Dude, if <laughs> you put a peep in the microwave, mm-hmm. you better be standing right there looking at it every single second because they uh, they grow rapidly, and you don't want that sucker yeah, to hit the top or sides uh, of your microwave. Because it's going to cool sure. down so fast so that like, oh, I'd be a nightmare to clean up. <laughs> uh, actually, I just, yeah. uh, what did I put in the microwave recently? Um, I don't know. I put something in the microwave recently to, to warm it up. Uh, and my microwave is gross. Like, disgustingly <laughs> yeah. gross. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I even have like one of those shields that you put over all your food. Uh, <laughs> like old people. Yeah. And uh, it's I don't know where nasty. I got it, but I have one. And it's QVC. still gross. And I was like, what the heck happened in this thing? Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Right. That's yeah, man. Well, I'll have to clean it. But microwaves just seem like a pain in the butt to clean. Seems like too much. Yeah. Work. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. When you close the door, you don't look at it. It needs a Dude, self-cleaning a... feature like my oven. That's what I need. Yeah. I need a microwave that yeah. cleans itself. So I was an RA in college and like responsible for a hall of dudes living in a dorm because I went to Indiana Westland and like men and women live in separate dorms, you know? So, um, one, like my sophomore year was when I was first in RA and like, dude, the things people like everybody used the microwave in the break room. That was like part of our hall, but it got so nasty so quickly. And like, it fell to me, uh, to like, keep it functional. So like I kept bringing it up. I kept like, yeah, but I was like, I'm not cleaning this thing. (laughs) So I kept being like, like I didn't even use the microwave then, uh, except for very rarely like ramen or something. And I wasn't making messes. So anyway, 
I like we had this meeting and I'm like, guys, if if you don't like clean up the microwave, whoever uses that thing, like clean it when you use it. And if you don't like we're just getting rid of the microwave (laughs) and they thought I was like joking. And uh, so anyway, for like three days, I evicted the microwave and locked it in this closet that I had a key to. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, no microwave. So, and, so your, uh, anti, your anti-microwave thing's been around for a long time, you're saying? It's been That's around. Yeah, man, it's been years. And we're talking origins, Most conversations, background. You're an yeah, anti, <laughs> yeah, you're an anti-microwave person. Back then, it was it's just because no. I'm like, I'm not cleaning up your nasty crap. Like old chili coated in cheese, coated in like. Like whatever yeah, else popped up here, like, dude, I'm not. <laughs> no. So, yeah, man. Microwave stuff. Common. I assume we probably deep. have a microwave in the office at somewhere. I don't know where yeah. it is. And probably one of the right. kitchenettes there's a microwave. I've just never looked. I wonder yeah. what that looks like. I assume. Don't, we don't look in it. So if you, yeah, it. if you do find it in there, don't look in the, ins- don't look at the roof. Cause that's where all the nasty stuff happens. You know, the, the inside top is a uh, make you throw up. <laughs> that reminds Dude. me. So, uh, in biology, and I think I took biology my sophomore year of high school, and we were trying mm-hmm. to grow germs. Uh, as like the wow. thing. So, like, she had us go around with petri dish and like grab parts of the school that we thought would have a lot of germs on it. So, like, hmm. you go with like Q-tip and you like wipe it on there, and then you wipe it on the petri dish, and then throw it in the thingy and watch things grow. Um, Gross. The nastiest place that we fit because like you're in a high school, first place you're going yeah. is yes. either the bathrooms, the locker rooms, right? Right. Those are gonna be the nastiest right. places. Mm-hmm. Uh urinals, relatively clean. Uh wow. just an FYI, probably because no one ever touches them. They don't even sanitary school, so cakes, even you know. You're not yeah. even you're not even touching the the handle to flush it, you know, you just leave it there. Pee in it and uh, leave. <laughs> but but door handles. Door handles oh. everywhere were oh. disgusting. And if Gross. you were a germ fro- germaphobe, you probably would never open a door again. It was oh. disgusting. Every door. Nasty. Not just bad. Like every door was gross. Gross. Man, that makes me uh, want to clean uh, our house somebody, doorknobs. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. That whole, you know, walking around with Lysol thing your parents used to do that like annoyed you because it smelled gross. At least it annoyed yeah. me because it smelled gross. Right. Um, See why they did it. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. See why they did it. I get it. I get it now. Yeah. Uh, the worst yeah. place, the one group um, uh, swabbed the drain in the, I don't know if it was the boys or the girls locker room, but it was in the locker room drain. Yeah. Uh, so that was like, that's probably pretty nasty. Oh, I bet. Yeah. That sounds real gross. Dude. Um, so I know we should dive in in just a second, but I do have a short story uh for you that i want to tell you because it's what i'm going to be doing with my afternoon after we uh after we talk um (laughs) so so you've known Jana for a long time and i think this will not surprise you at all uh you know she loves growing plants and gardening and that dude when she is pumped about something she just gets passionate quickly so All right. There's these. So we've been like plant. We have a ton of plants in the basement with like a tiny like like grow setup. We have like grow lights and like a little like heater pads and all this stuff that like have grown tons of these little plants from seeds like tomatoes, peppers, all kinds of stuff. So Jana 
uh, planted some seeds directly in the garden in the last few weeks, but it's still kind of cold. Um, it's called direct sowing where you sow the seeds without sprouting them right into the ground. So she did that a few weeks ago. Um, and we built these like hoop houses, but, but there are, we put them up hoop houses, but called low tunnels that are like, you know, like 20 feet long and like a foot and a half wide. And like these little, you put in these little hoops in the ground and like put like cloth over it, basically real simple. Like, I don't know. 15 minutes to make like no problem. Like you just basically get the kit, put it out. You're good to go. (laughs) So yesterday morning, Jana goes, um, she's like, Hey, do you think we'll be able to get up that hoop house today? And I was like, Oh yeah. Like thinking it just another one of those. Like, yeah, no problem. Like I could do that, you know, while the girls are napping or whatever, like no problem. Um, I didn't think too much about it. Until right before lunchtime, Jana's like, hey, could I have one of your tape measures? I'm like, sure. So she goes out there, comes back in and declares, um, yeah, 20 feet by 10 feet is going to fit all of our tomatoes. That's going to be perfect. When are you going to Lowe's? <laughs> I'm like, what? What are you What are you talking about? She's like, the hoop house. It just needs to be 20 feet long by 10 feet wide. And, uh, you know, you can just like do a bigger version of the one I sent you. And, uh, so, dude, I'm building a greenhouse um, straight up. Like you can wow. call it a hoop house, but it is a, it's a greenhouse, man. It's intense. So that's what I'll be uh, um, working on. Didn't... Um the state you live in um, uh, recently uh, approve medical marijuana or recreational marijuana. I is your, actually, is I your greenhouse actually for a side business for tomatoes? No, it really is tomatoes, yeah, tomatoes. and other veggies, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not Colorado tomatoes, AKA pot. It's not that. Uh, Although I'm sure it would grow well there. Um, things grow really easily here, so I can't imagine why not. <laughs> but uh, but no. So I don't know. So I got a ton of PVC pipe. I got some two by fours, uh, plastic, all this stuff, man. I'll, I'll send you pictures later, but um, <laughs> I think it's going to work out. But it blew my mind when I'm like, wait. 20 by 10 feet? What are we talking about? So anyway, dude, I wanted to tell you you that. She has, she has big dreams for the tomato business. Uh, This is what it's going to take her. It's what it's going to take. She needs a lot of tomatoes slash weed to sell to all her (laughs) mom friends at mops. I, it was Uh, funny. I sent a picture of my like growth stuff to my mom or I was, and, uh, and I, and she's like, there's not any weed down there. It's there. Or she joked with me about that. And I was like, no, but if we keep investing this much in the garden, I might have to start growing some just to yeah, offset. Yeah, you need to figure out a some way to make fund. some money. <laughs> Dude, no joke. In our bank accounts, I have one it's very small savings account, but one labeled garden fund. And I just started like putting spare dollars in there. You have a savings I'm account like, just for your garden fund? Yeah. Yeah. And when we're done gardening, I'll switch it to like whatever we're trying to like, we're going to get a new couch at some point. So it'll probably become the couch fund after garden season. But I like, I just like to have one little account that I'm like, this is for a thing or 
in this case, it's for a greenhouse, for tons of seeds, for new lights, for, I don't know, pot, I guess, like all kinds of things. So do you, you, let's, let's talk about the the Hannah's finances for a second, because this intrigued me. (laughs) Sure. Uh, So do you have multiple accounts? Is that how you manage your money? Like your saving stuff? Like you don't manage cash flow and that kind of stuff. And no, like no. So like, so Jana's business is all one account. That's actually not even, it's not in the same account at all. She can transfer dollars to it, to our main checking uh, okay. and savings one. And then I have like, I have checking and then I have an emergency fund that's savings and then general savings. And then one that's like floating next midsize purchase account. So garden fund, cause you know, spent quite a bit on like lots of seeds and I'm going to need to get some new fencing and apparently I'm building a greenhouse in the midst of this, like that type of stuff. But, uh, but I knew enough to know I should start saving for all that. Um, and then Jana's business account, we just treat as like totally separate and like she gives out of it and pays business bills and, um, and then just saves for like, it's like family experience fund is what we kind of consider that to be. Um, so business fund. uses and then uh, things like it was the camper fund for like a year and a half. And uh, now we have a camper. So it's like she's going to start saving towards the next stuff. So, yeah, man, that's Hannah Family Finance is 101 if you're interested. Interesting. Yeah. 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 I only have a high yield savings account uh, through... Um, what's Marcus sack or golden golden sacks, like savings program. Uh, Marcus, I think is what it's called. I said, Marcus. Mark Sachs. Sack? Yeah, I got it right away. Is it Mark? It's Sack? called Marcus by gold. Well, Mark that's where I put my money Sack? inside of Mark sack. I was like, Hey Mark, can you put this in your sack and hold on to it for me? Can you hold on to this uh, for me, dude? It's and by high and yield, like at one point it was, it did pretty well. And then, you know, all the interest rates all started dying. So it's not really right. high yield anymore. It's just regular savings account. Right. But yeah, all the other stuff I just let sit in my, um, just my checking account and then I manage it externally of what the cash flow is. I could do that, but I like to, I like to be able to separate the categories. So I'm like, okay, there's like emergency dollars, here's general savings, and then here's like savings for a short term purpose, you know, and then like basically just retirement through work stuff, you know, that's in its own thing. So yeah, man. That's what's Good up. But the people aren't accounts. here to hear about finances here. They're, they're here to hear about gardening. Be. We don't know. And and where the nasty chickens. places are in their houses uh, and chickens yeah. and and Jesus too. Like in like, yeah. you know, following a little, God. A little bit of the of the little Jesus bit. man. <laughs> a little bit of that. Just yeah. so we can stay true to our our, our podcast, you know, name. Dude, we gotta stay true to but, it. We gotta it's a good name. We do it's a good name. Yeah. yeah. Andrew, I know that we've both look, looked into this app. I know you were using it for a little while, um, but yeah. we have uh, mm-hmm. an agreement with the Dwell um, being one of their affiliates. Um, and Dwell is, a good, is a beautiful a app service. that um, is a great way to get into um, fostering relationship with Jesus through um, audio versions of the Bible. Um, so if you haven't had a chance to check out Dwell yet, um, it's definitely um worth a checkout. And we do uh, get a little bit of kickback when you sign up for a subscription. Um, but if you go to this Jesus life podcast.com forward slash dwell, um, you can get started with those guys and start 
um, foster relationship with Jesus, especially if you don't have a, a habit now of doing it. Yeah. Um, great, yeah. great app to download. Um, it's going to be um, entertaining and how it's read. It's going to give you a little bit of inspiration um, to kick off those conversations with Jesus. It's going to give you those daily reminders um, of when you have forgotten to spend some time with Jesus. Um, so if you don't have that daily habit already, this is a great way to get into yeah. that daily habit. It's dwell, um, lives right there on your phone, um, super quick yep. and easy. You can pick plans um, that, that fit um, kind of where you're at in life. Um, but that's thisjesuslifepodcast.com forward slash dwell. But and Andrew, let me just say, dude, wait, wait, middle. on the dwell, on the dwell thing, let's get like, we always try to get practical in this show of like, okay, so what does it mean? And like, we've talked so much about like reading the Bible or listening to the Bible, which I'm so auditory that listening is helpful for me. And uh, so like, I read the Bible to my, my daughter um, often but like physical Bible, but I like to listen like while I'm showering or most mornings, like while the coffee's brewing, I like to put audio versions of the Bible on and dude, like dwell is cool because it's like way different takes on that. Um, that that's really engaging. So if you want to form a habit of listening to the Bible, uh, or having your kids have the opportunity to hear the Bible more, or just like filling your space of waiting on the coffee to brew time with something that's going to stick with you in the day, try it out. Like go and you can do a free trial. And if you want to keep going with it, make sure to use our code, but, uh, or sign up through this jesuslife.com slash dwell. But, uh, anyway, I just wanted to chime in with that because it's like, I don't know, man, it's always better to start the day by listening to scripture. And I feel like I, uh, every time I do that, like half the times I'm just like, ah, I don't know what I got out of that necessarily, but cool. And then uh, later in the day, something will hit me and be like, oh, yeah, that was like Psalm 78 or whatever that I was listening to. That's pretty awesome. So, yeah, man, all about it. Noise. Well, um, we're in the middle of a series we're calling Conversations. Um, these conversations are designed to... Um, really foster a, a, a place to be fully known and to fully know someone else. Um, so this, this is designed to do one-on-one, face-to-face. Um, we wanted to model this because we think it's a helpful uh, conversation to hear. Um, this comes from a, an organization called True Face. Um, we'll link in the show notes at thisjesuspodcast.com um, how to get signed up with them um, to get access to the videos and to some of these questions. We don't answer all the questions, but we do answer a good portion of these questions. Um, there's a couple of rules that we live by inside of these conversations. Um, we want to make sure this is a safe place. This is a rule that Andrew and I break because, well, this is a podcast and it's a public forum. Um, but you do want to create a safe space where what's said uh, between the two of you is, is stays between the two of you um, and, you know, doesn't doesn't get out kind of thing. So people can feel safe to share wherever they're at, whatever they're thinking um, with with somebody else. Um, we try to do our best to, to model that, uh, but at the same time, you know, our yeah. lives are intertwined with other people's lives and we don't want to share things that maybe those that are intertwined in our lives would like to be shared, um, in a public yeah. forum. So, um, we try to monitor as best we possibly can, um, to that, but it's still try to be real. Um, other two rules is no preaching, um, and yeah. no fixing. Um, so we, inside these environments, we want to just be known. Um, so we're trying to create a space mm-hmm. where, where we can be known. Um, you know, 
you know, plenty of people from the fixing perspective that you share something and um, you're just trying to share it to get it off your chest. Uh, and now you're their pet project and they want to tell you all the ways that um, you should fix um, whatever's going on. Um, so be careful to offer, you know, um, advice or suggestions unless being asked for. Uh, and then no preaching, right. you know, Jesus is more than right. capable of, of leading that sanctification process and, and developing you into who he's called you to be. Um, you don't, we don't need to use this environment to, to preach at people. I'm um, going to be like, well, you're wrong and you're morally wrong and you're going to go to hell because Jesus said mm. so. Um, we're not going to weaponize truth. Um, but at the same time, um, if we're, if truth is being asked for, share truth. Um, and if you have enough relational collateral, um, but this, this specific yeah. thing is not designed to be a preaching yeah. place, but we're going to preach on this because, well, we're a podcast and um, right. that's probably why you're listening. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of the ground rules. This is conversation number three. Andrew, you want to give us like an overview of what this conversation is going to cover? Yeah, man. So some of the some of the questions um, here, my wife would be stoked if she was looking because part of it involves a feelings wheel, which is a good tool uh, that we'll talk a little bit about. But um, kind of like, how do we think that God views us? You know, last time we we hit on part of question or part of conversation two was around like over your religious experience and growing up, like what are the descriptors of how you viewed God? And there were things like judge, vending machine, theoretical, safety net, all of that. And and Josh and I had a good talk about that and uh, like how we thought God viewed us or how we viewed God. This week is a lot more like how do we think God views us? Like what does he see when he looks at us? Um, how does he feel about us? Um, how do we feel about him, you know, about God? And then, uh, can we protect, like connect those feelings to like a set of beliefs that we have? So yeah, man, it should be pretty cool. Um, that's for sure. And one, one really like good supporting scripture of this type of conversation is out of Psalm 139. It's verses 13 and 14. It says this, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my wonder mother's womb. I praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. So that's one of the good like scriptures to to back this. And uh, yeah, man, why don't you? Uh, I've I've had the pleasure of going first each time. So would you be willing to kind of kick us off on on one of those questions in any order that that you want to go in? Uh, yeah, uh, I should be better Sweet. at paying attention inside the podcast and giving my attention, but um, a previous client just emailed me and today's a working day. So um, I was responding to them because, and then you go, this is a complete sidetrack, but I own a design business <laughs> on the side, uh, build branding and websites, uh, birchdesigns.com if you're interested. Um, uh, million plus in revenue is typically the business I work with just an FYI. Yeah. Um, or you're going to look at my prices and be like, Whoa, you're ridiculous. I know. Uh, but I built a website for a CrossFit gym a year, maybe even two years ago. Uh, and they just reached out with a bunch of questions. Oh, wow. Uh, and I just went to their website, which I've been to since you know it was released and it's completely mangled. Um, I don't even, this is why, this is why if you're building a website, business owners, even personal websites, and you don't exactly know what you're doing, 
uh, when it comes to managing them and working on, you know, uh, funnels and all those fun things and getting content on there, uh, yeah, yeah. you should just pay someone to manage it for you uh, or your website ends up in complete disarray. Um, when you try to do it yourself and try to save a buck, uh, it's worth, yeah. it's worth the investment. You're not going to pay a crap ton of money. That's a few thousand dollars a year kind of thing. But yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, completely, nice. completely mangled. <laughs> Like, Josh can help you, you out if you need help, though. Whole time. That's all we're trying to say. Okay. <laughs> That's really it's really a plug just for me to make more money. That's really all I'm asking for. Um, uh, no joke. We'll we'll treat you well. Um, yeah. But yeah, conversation number three. What do you think about God? What do you think God said about you in looking through a one-way glass? Oh man, uh, I think it's I think it's probably different. At, Man, I don't even, maybe it's not different at different Hmm. times in my life. Um, I just understand it differently. Like, you know, I think we should, I shared this last week, but I grew up in a pretty um, low key legalistic environment um, in the church I grew up with. Wasn't broadcast, but like you can feel, you can feel the waves under the service or under the, under the scenes. Um, So, like, God for, for a good portion of my life was like, uh, I think some I've heard, I've heard someone use the term like just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm. Like, you've screwed up one too many times that God's like, yeah, I'm done. Like I've given mm. you too many chances. I'm out. Right. Um, and just walked away from the whole thing. So I, and that's just not who God is. Um, right. So like a good portion of my life is probably that of like he's this this distant judge that's just waiting to, um, probably break the glass and like choke me like. Homer Simpson and Bart, um, mm-hmm. like that kind of moment. Like, when are you going to ever learn? Right, um, right. You keep doing the same stupid things over and over again. Um, but, you know, now, uh, I don't think, I think this is who God is and this is how he views me. But I wouldn't say this is how I've always viewed this to be true, but I know it to be true. Um, you know, God has a, a, <laughs> a heavy amount of grace um, to be shown. Um, sin is still destructive and sin's going to destroy aspects of relationship and your life, um, as we participate in them. But, um, like even in the midst of those things, God is, God is compassion. Um, you know, judgment sure is coming. You know, God is the ultimate judge, um, and is a perfect judge at that. But, um, I think there's a lot of compassion, um, and grace given, um, to those that, that love and follow him that, um, we often don't see, um, you know, we can't forgive ourselves or we can't be forgiven by others. So we assume God acts the same way. And, um, right. you know, as he says, when, when forgiveness is asked for, forgiveness is given and we, he, you know, he throws as far as the East is from the West and um, he washes you white as snow. Um, you know, when he looks at you, God, the father, you know, he sees the sacrifice of God, the son. Um, so you're, you know, you're covered. Yeah. Probably a glu- gruesome picture. You're covered in his blood, but in the midst of that, you're white as snow, like sense of that imagery. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think during different parts of my life, um, God was always out there just waiting me to screw up too much. And the vengeance is going to come. Hmm. I think a lot of people live that way. Um, I think it's how, I think it's how people get your behavior. Um, they manipulate the view of God in that way. Um, I think this is a great message for parents. Be careful how you portray God. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, he's not the daddy that's, you know, just wait till your father gets home. Um, you know, he's not 
that type of, of disciplinarian. Now he does disciplinary guide, but not in, not in how you would picture it. Um, Right. You know, punishment isn't necessarily like the, the quote unquote punishment you experience in your life. I, I don't think is necessarily at God's directing, but I do think it's at your sins results um, that God chose not to intervene on. Um, hmm. You know, he's going to give you what you, what you desire um, to teach you what he needs to teach you to get you to where you want to, he wants you to go. Um, so I think his discipline lives in those, those categories then, you know, as a big mean disciplinarian. Um, so what would God think? What did you think God said about you when you're looking through the one way glass, when looking through the one way glass? I think this is like what if if God were on the other side of one way glass looking at you, yeah. what kind of stuff do you think he'd be saying to you these days? Or saying yeah, about what mine. he sees of you? What? I think he I would say he's mine. I think mm. is what God is like not he's mine of like I'm the master, but like like a like a, a good father would look at his son. Like no matter the circumstances of the son's life, no matter what he may have done or the ways that he may have disappointed you, there's still like this, this pride mm. in that of looking at him saying like, yeah, that he's mine. He's, he's my son. Mm. Um, I think there's other pieces of it that he's just proud of things that, that I'm chasing um, in this season of life. Um, re reorienting a lot of life to focus in on what he told us to focus in on and his mission of fishing for people. Yeah. Um, doing the work that I need to do personally. Um, so he can get me to where he wants me to go. So being, um, aware and engaged, um, in the sanctification process and talking with Jesus through those things. Um, Mm -hmm. I think at times, even in this season, like, God probably misses me. Um, not that mm. like he, yeah. yeah, sure. He's ever present, but like there's definitely weeks where, you know, you look back at it and make, man, how often did I really spend time with God? Um, and you have to, mm. you know, re refocus yourself. So they think there's that piece of like, man, he's probably like, Josh, where were you this last week? I talked to you twice. Mm. Um, what else? Um, There's probably even things where he's like, Josh, man, I've been, I've been trying to say this over and over again and you're not hearing me and I'm trying all these different things and you're just, you're missing it. Um, and then you're wondering why, you know, something is the way that it is or, Mm. um, and I've been trying to, to get you to where I need you to go in this specific area, whatever it may be, you know, we all have blind spots. Um, and he's like, man, if you just, the depth of life you would feel the depth of relation you would experience. If you just chose to engage this thing, whatever the thing is, I, I'm just yeah. speaking theoretically. Yeah. I don't exactly know, but I assume there's something. Um, yeah. So that's probably part of it too. Yeah. But what about you? What do you yeah, think man, God's that's, saying about uh, you and looking through the one in my glass? That's good. That's, it's so interesting to hear you kind of talk through that, you know, of what, what you think God would really say about you. Um, the first thing that my mind went to, um, like, I feel like he'd be looking through the glass and, and it's interesting cause I, I, I believe God is very present and aware of, of what's going on in our lives, like our actions, as well as our thoughts, like down into 
levels we don't even understand of why we think and do the things we do. I think God fully comprehends those. Um, and I think he is present, like always paying attention, um, but not in that way of like, I'm about to judge you. Like the gavel is about to fall, you know, um, just present. And like, I am with you. Like, I want to be with you in all things. Um, and uh, yeah, man, um, all that said, I think that I think God might be saying often about me, like, you don't have to do this alone, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I don't think that's like intended to be on the other side of glass. I can't hear or see through. I think that's probably just like a theme in my life is that I try to push hard and whether it be building a greenhouse on a win or making a big choice or doing whatever, like I'm pretty quick to want to just do things myself, you know, or like in the expedient way or like I can get this done or I know the right decision or whatever. I'm pretty, pretty quick to get in that line of thinking, obviously not saying I'm going to handle this myself. I got it. But just having this like, no, just like I'll run with it. I don't, you know, I'm good. I can make that decision. I can go with it. And, uh, and I think God often would be saying about me like, Hey, like you don't have to do this alone, Andrew, like slow, slow down. Like I want to, I want to help, you know, yeah. like I want to be a part of this. I want to guide you in this decision. I want to guide you in this stuff. And like the other night I got all mad at, at my daughter in while, while I was getting her down for bed, I was just really frustrated. And like my patience was thin after a full day of like small bickering about things like three. It's okay to be three, but it's hard sometimes on parents. <laughs> and, yeah. and it was hard on me a couple days ago. And I got like to the end of bedtime and, uh, and like, then I just realized like, man, I was way too hard on her, like way too hard on her for, for dumb stuff. And I was just being like frustrated and impatient and all of that. And I was praying and I'm like, God, like, man, help, help give me presence of mind in moments like that to just step back and be like, no, like I'm going to be a good dad. And she doesn't need me to tell her to go to sleep and do these things. She needs me to just be kind and good. Like God is to me. And, uh, yeah, man, like I just, I, I too often forget God is present and wants to help and would actually not just help, like you and I can help each other, you know, but God like can guide and make everything better by being a part of what we're doing, you know? Um, and that's what I mean when I say I want to help, like I, you don't have to do this alone. That's what, that's what comes to mind first for me, man. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I really like the analogies that we use with parents and children and applying those characteristics to God and, and us. Yeah. Um, like there, there probably isn't a more caring, um, protective type of relationship than that um, for healthy yeah. parents. But I think we, we sometimes take that illustration too far um, where we get annoyed with our children. Um, and I say that collectively because I don't have children. Um, but and like we assume, well, that's the, that's the illustration has been used. So God probably gets annoyed in that way with us. Um, and I, I think we have to be careful of putting certain characteristics, especially characteristics of who God is that we don't find um, in scripture and don't find in the new covenant yeah. um, to be, 
to apply to how God is viewing us. I, I think it's an important piece of, of, of um, really embracing. Cause like the reality is even say, even if God was anointed in some way, I, I don't think under the new covenant, God works that way. Like, you know, forgiveness is forgiveness. Um, but um, like when you, when you know that someone is, is annoyed by you, um, the chances of you, well, unless you're a people pleaser, um, the chances of you engaging that relationship deeply, slim to none. Um, like you're, but that's not what God wants. Like God wants relationship. God wants to have conversation. God wants to know you and you know him in intimate and vulnerable ways, um, where trust is abundant. Um, so he can get you where he wants you to go. Um, but in the midst of that, like if, if we find ourselves, you know, being annoyed like, man, it's just, it's destructive to relationships. So I think it's, we got to be careful, really careful about applying those characteristics to God, um, and, and how you interact with him. Um, and you know, that's why this conversation specifically is, is so important is, you know, how do you really, how is God, you know, how do you really view, how do you really see God viewing you? There we go. Those are tongue coaster words. Um, and you know, dig into those things and evaluate. Cause like you asked me, shoot, two, three years ago, um, four years ago. Right. Like I'd have a definitely different view of, of God, uh, and how he views me than I do today. Um, like God's done, done a lot of work in my heart and, and a lot of work in, in just who I am and how I interact with him. Um, and you know, I I thought it was all behavior based, even though I, the funny thing is I preach the opposite of that, but like, yeah, what else do you measure on? Like, that's really hard. So you can measure Mm -hmm. on behavior. So what's my behavior like? Well, I'm just not spending enough time with him or I'm not, you know, I'm not evangelizing like he's asked me to, or I'm not, um, you know, living in harmony with the people that I'm supposed to live. Like there's all these different things that we judge behavior off of it. And it's not like behavior sure is a part of, of the story, but it's not the entirety of the story. Um, like I can manipulate my behavior to look better than my character, right? right? Like to look better than the real me. Right. Um, that's where you get in scary grounds, right? We, yeah. we think, but then that's what we teach you as Christians. So you end up in these weird places where like, no, nah, everything's great. Look at me. Look how awesome I am. Like God, <laughs> God should actually give me what I want because I'm such a good Christian. Um, you're like, Whoa, like there's what an example of that in the old covenant. Um, was it, um, Turn my mouth on my head. Of you know, um, was it Joseph? Dem- not Joseph. Uh, maybe it was Joseph demanding. Uh, you know, God give him the blessing because you know all the things that he's done for him. Um, I'm sorry. I'm maybe maybe I have a different view of God than you do, but I don't think we're in any position to demand anything from God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, like the level, the level of the lack of humility levels uh, in that. Right, right. Statement or mind boggling. Um, I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't help you there. But, hey, yeah, what were you going to say? Can I jump in? I was just going to say, like, on the, you're totally right on the parenting analogy stuff. And, like, to clarify, what I was saying is, like, I, I'm way too quick to, to do it on my own, you know? Um, yeah, I wasn't, I, I wasn't, it, that I was mean, just a jumping up point. I wasn't yeah, saying yeah, that's true. You're, totally, totally. But what I'm saying is, like, the, um, like God is, is good as a parent, as a father, as a maker, like God is always good and wouldn't get frustrated with me for, you know, being, 
32. You know, it's okay to be three. It's okay to be 32. God wouldn't get upset with yeah. me for being, you know, for behaving the way that makes sense for me to behave, you know? Um, but that mm-hmm. said, like, I, I should have been like, I, I want to be present enough in my relationship with God where I can hear him poking and guiding and pushing me through the Holy Spirit, even in moments mm-hmm. when I'm starting to get annoyed about things that really don't matter long term. Like, yeah. you know, did she stay up an extra 20 minutes past when she should be asleep? Doesn't really matter that much in the long run, you know, but what what could matter could leave a mark is like, oh, do I go angry dad mode the second I, that she starts breaking the expectations I have? Because like that's going to leave an impact yeah. on her, you know, like it's not going to help her uh, have a good picture yeah. of who God is. So that's why that stuff. That's what I mean is like. I think God looks through the mirror often in my life and is like, Hey, and it, like, I probably just don't hear it, but like, you don't have to do it alone. I can help you in this. Like no. I can show you, I can teach you, I can guide you. And I'm just like, whatever, I'm mad. I'm not going to listen. I'm doing it my own way. And it just doesn't work out better that no. way. So anyway, man. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify what I was thinking. And I knew you weren't saying, Andrew, you're making a terrible analogy. I just thought it was worth flushing it out a no. little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I figured where you were going. Yeah, um, I think, too, like, with this question, I, there's a piece of it, too, that's like, it's a one-way mirror, so you're seeing yourself as well. Um, and there's probably right. work that can be done of, like, how do you view yourself in comparison to how God views themselves, and do they line up? Um, I think the point of the question is they, they probably don't for most of us. Um, you know, how right. you view yourself is for, for the good or the bad, right? Like, maybe yourself in certain areas like i am i am the best the god created perfection when he created me in whatever area that happens to be we're going to be. No, <laughs> right. no yeah sure you're unique but you're not special <laughs> um it's like, right so there's probably a piece of that but then there's the other side of like i'm ugly i'm worthless nobody loves me um like there's that piece of it too that you may be seeing about yourself and god's saying the opposite um, not beauty in the sense of physical beauty, but but beauty in the sense of of you know ownership. Who who you know he calls you his, um, not ownership in the master slave type of you know vocabulary. You know this is woke. You know USA. Um, but <clears throat> so there, there's that piece too. I think that is worth digging into. Um, I yeah. Don't, I, I I I don't put a lot of weight in how I view myself in general. Um, mm. You know, I'm, it's not it's not helpful, I think, and, and often unless it's detrimental to your behavior or your goals or whatever you're trying to get to. So, like, if you're not confident in chasing something, right. dig into that and figure out why. What, what's what's causing that? What are the insecurities that are at play here? Um, if you're leading people, damn, if you're leading people, you're a manager of some sort, you're a pastor, you're a, a ministry leader, you're wherever you, you fall, like, holy crap, deal with your crap. Um, I don't know if you've ever worked for an insecure leader, but it's miserable, <laughs> miserable. Yeah. It gets like, magnified. There's nothing worse, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it, emotions are all over the board. You don't know where to sit in things as the subordinate uh, because, you know, nothing seems to make sense until you start to realize, no, they're reacting from their insecurities. Like deal with these things, identify them, talk to Jesus about them, figure out ways to overcome them, figure out the things that trigger them. Um, so you can be aware of them um, when they start to show up, like pay attention to this stuff and find community that can be honest about them with. 
um, is, is definitely worth it. But I think we've taken enough sidetracks with this specific yeah, yeah. question. Yeah. Uh, let's let's move to the next one. Uh, mm-hmm. This is using uh, the Junto Institute. I think I pronounced that right. Uh, their um, feeling wheel. Um, yeah. And apparently this is, I've never seen it before, but this is a big this thing. Is a, of, it's a tool uh, that can be community. used in, uh, in therapy. Like it's a, like to like sometimes help people identify like, Hey, how are you really feeling? Like what, how do we put words to that? And like, you know, it's a tool that can be used in a lot of ways. It's funny. Like Jana happened to show me this, like, I don't know, maybe six months ago. Um, for a, for not counseling, but for work I do, where it's all about like, hey, how does our customer feel um, at this point? You know, and was looking for like good yeah. varieties of feeling language. And she's like, have you ever looked at feeling yeah. wheels? And anyway, it made me laugh that this is part of it. But yeah, man. So I think the way yeah. that feeling wheels work, uh, if you, if, yeah. and we'll link this at, on our show notes at this Jesus podcast.com. Uh, for this episode, but um, I think the way the work is you spin them, right? And then you put your finger on something and whatever that is, that's your, that's your spo- it, like supposed feeling. It's like a mood ring kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's meant to be a mood ring. No, it's like, it's like no. categories. No, essentially it's, like, Hey, like this, yeah. I don't know how to, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to describe it. You're going to have to look them up if you're, if you're yeah. listening. Um, but essentially it's three rings and around those rings, the emotions, um, uh, essentially you're getting to core emotions, love, fear, yeah. anger, sadness, yeah. uh, surprise and joy. Um, and then mm-hmm. there's a ring outside of that to kind of narrow it down a little bit more and a ring outside of that to narrow it down a little more. Um, this is yeah. helpful for me to like connect things, right? Like anxious goes to, speaks to a fear. I know I'm speaking of common sense things, but, uh, right. You know, helplessness usually comes back to a fear. Dreadfulness usually comes back to fear or, you know, switching categories, irritated, frustrated, uh, aggravated, resentful, envious, coming off from anger, Um, disappointed, shameful, lonely, you know, digging into sadness, um, moved, touched, stimulated, uh, speechless, awestruck, um, you know, working back to surprise. Right, uh, right. Zealous, hopeful, eager, uh, playful, amused, cheerful, optimistic, coming back to joy. Yeah. And then, of course, the love category, but um, kind of using, and I think we yeah. circle back around to this again at some point in the conversation. But, um, you know, how do you, as you look at these, to put essentially we're trying to put words to a, an emotion? Um, so for me, I'm not a super emotional guy. This is an area God's working on with me right now because it's really hard to show empathy to people if you can't connect their emotion to an emotion that you've experienced of the same, right. For similar, you know, if I can't identify that, right. You know, they're feeling whatever it's. So for me, I, I work from the outside in (laughs) or from the inside out, sorry. Um, because I have less vocabulary around emotions uh, than the wheel would provide. So Mm -hmm. anger, fear, love, joy, surprise. I can identify those from a big perspective, Mm -hmm. but giving you like smaller. So let's get to the smaller, I think. Right. uh, Of how do you think God feels about you? You want to go first? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, dude, I was looking at this cause I knew we were going to talk about it. And, uh, and I do now have my younger daughter in my office. Uh, Jana is out pulling weeds in the garden, 
Uh, my older daughter's napping. Getting so. that tomato marijuana plant going. <laughs> you right. get ready. <laughs> no. So anyway, there might be, who knows about distractions. We'll see. But right now she's having mangoes. But dude, as I look at this, the one that stood out most um, is compassionate. Um, and that's in the love category. And it's on the outside of the wheel. And uh and I don't know why that struck me, except that yeah, like when you're compassionate, it's like that combination of like, I have real deep care for you and I feel empathy for whatever is going on in your life. Like, but it's like empathy in yeah. action, you know? And, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I just think God is like cued in to what's going on in my life and, and the lives of each person around me. So yeah, <laughs> she's now doing a mango dance and singing in the background. But yeah, man, compassionate—that's what—that's what really struck me. Back in one moment. Hmm. Um, sorry for the quick pause. Yeah, I think too. Like I'm looking at these words of like enthralled, which, by the way, good word. Uh, enthralled um, is God. Five dollar word right there. Yeah intellectually i could say yeah god is um it's an emotion of love um passionate uh, an emotion of love um yeah but i feel but i feel inadequate for those emotions from god like i don't feel like i deserve them um and that's going back to does god love you because of who you are does god love you because you're his like god god's passion and thrilled by you because of your his like it's right. based off his character that those emotions come to tr- you know come true for him um rather than your behavior or your ability or your um um engagement or your whatever right. um so like those are things where you like live in you know, you know, we all have those things like we know something to be true, but we don't necessarily right. experience or feel it. Um, but that's true or hopeful, um, you know, jubilant. There's another five dollar word. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. I would say are all true of, of, of God's view of me um, and of my yeah. life. But um, I don't feel like I know them to be true, but I don't feel them. You know, it's yeah. fair to mm-hmm. to use those terminology. Um, like and I, I think that's live probably in the... why I picked compassionate man because I'm like I know God yeah. loves me, you know, because of not just like the stuff that the Bible says, but also like my lived experience. I'm like, yeah, I can tell. One, I can tell like <laughs> that there is an enemy of us, Satan, who hates us, <laughs> doesn't want to see good for us. I think a lot of us can see that maybe easier than we can see the love of God because there's just so much messed up stuff that happens in life where you're like, yeah, something's working against me, you know, or someone's working against yeah. me. But the the love side, like, man, I've I've just experienced some amazing things in this life and I'm just like, wow, God like God loves us. Like that is the default is deep set love. That's a major attribute of God that you read mm-hmm. about in the Bible that, but I've also experienced in a lot of ways, but yeah, like jubilant and like that type of word. I'm like, I don't know. Like I don't go quick. Like I don't go as quickly to that, like reckless love as, as I could, but compassionate, like 
I can understand that because it's like fully loving, but like level headed, I guess is how I would understand compassionate. Like I'm like, I love you. I empathize with what's going on, but I'm looking at it and understanding it on a head level and a heart level, not just a, I'm super analytical and distant or I'm, I'm all hard and no action. Like I think God is compassionate towards me. Like that, that blend of like, Mm -hmm. I see it, I understand it. And I'm, I'm actively thinking about it and feeling it too, you know? So anyway, yeah, man, that's what I think. Yeah. It's a little hard. Like I was reading, I was reading up on, you know, you know, Jesus being fully God and fully man and Jesus, um, limiting his divinity to, to fully embrace his humanity, um, over this last week, um, trying to remember where I was reading that stuff. Uh, one of our discipleship tools, um, but reading through that stuff and just kind of processing it of like, God would have experienced all these emotions in general. So like, you know, Jesus experienced anger, he experienced sadness, he experienced fear, um, because he was fully human. Um, and, knowing comfort that like, you know, sure. This specific question is like, how does God feel about you? Um, but like, I find comfort in the fact that God can, like he can show empathy in all of these areas because he's experienced as a human, all of these emotions. So like he can connect with me on those levels, um, that kind of, as I just read through all these different emotions and like process through how Jesus may have felt annoyed, um, or worried, um, as he lived this life, um, probably didn't feel a lot of guilt uh, in the sadness category, but uh, probably right. understood how others felt guilt um, to Big some time. extent and the shame that came along with it. But um, yeah, Dude, I don't, Hey, on that guilt thing, uh, I think the next question probably, can I take a real quick rabbit trail? And I know we probably only have five or 10 more minutes cause we're already close to an hour yeah. and our old producer and friend used to yell at us whenever we went over an hour. So Stuart, we it's love you. Uh, sorry if we break an hour, man, but <laughs> you're no longer helping. So hopefully you're listening. Uh, but, but yeah, I think Jesus totally understood guilt, even if he didn't feel it of like, I hurt somebody, I sinned against somebody and I feel guilty of that. Like, man, the way I was reading about Zacchaeus to uh, my daughter last night and like Zacchaeus was a tax Did you sing the song? No, no, I didn't. But I read her like children's Bible version of it. And, uh, you know, like Zacchaeus felt guilt at like he he wanted to see Jesus and wanted to get to know him. But like thought, man, like I'm this unworthy short tax collector. The best I could hope to do is like get a view of him from a tree, you know, and then Jesus walks under the tree, at least in the children's book version, which I haven't read the real story in a long time. But he, uh, or the adult version in a long time, but Jesus basically calls up to out to him and is like, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house for lunch, man. Like climb down. We're going to your place. And from there, Zacchaeus feels the guilt of like, this is what I've done. Like, it's like his reason to like jump into action and like revolutionize the way he lives as a tax collector and like give back even more to those who he robbed in the past or who he charged extra on their taxes, you know, cause he could, but it's like, yeah, man, Jesus understands guilt. Even if he didn't live guilt from a place of sin, like you and I might have, or like, like I sure have. And like, you probably have too. Um, so 
anyway, man, yeah. random tangent that struck me that, uh, you know, I just wanted to throw out there, but one yeah. other thought, man, um, there's a supporting verse around this conversation and it feels real appropriate because it's almost Easter. Um, John 15, 13 says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And, uh, man, the beautiful thing is like Jesus did that, you know, like the disciples weren't his workplace associates. They weren't his like distant zealot followers. Like Jesus knew them as friends, you know, and, and he chose to lay down his life, not just cause like God willed it and God told him like, yes, do this, but, and gave him that mission. But because he's like, no, I'm saving my friends. Like I'm going to go and take the brunt of this for you. And I, and I think, I think that's how he views us too. Is like, I'm your friend. Like I'm here, I'm here for you. And I sacrificed for you, but I want you to live knowing that, you know, I don't want you to live distantly. So I'm going to mute cause this one's getting loud, but I wanted yeah. to call those things out for sure. Yeah. Uh, this next question is how do you feel about God? And I think, you know, we manipulated the first question and kind of talked through that already. Um, so I won't, we don't think we need to dig into it again, but um, you know, connecting those particular feelings um, to a belief or an understanding about God, I think is probably where this becomes a helpful conversation. Um, yeah. Like it, it probably pretty good practice um, for you to pull out a notebook um, and just start like writing down the characteristics of God um, that you understand or, or that, you know, or can identify um, not, not Google it. Don't like, don't, um, you know, find some list and like work through it of these are, this is who, what scripture says God is, or this is how God has defended by, you know, um, identified himself or, but like, just start writing those down. And, and, um, I, I think it'd be good practice to like, look at that list and compare it to like your feelings about God and how you engage yeah. and interact with God. Um, you know, it'd be worth like, you know, statistics tell us that most people don't spend time with Jesus that are professed Christians. Like it's, it's a low number, uh, unfortunately, but like, like that's where life comes in. Like, you know, I talk about John 10, 10, you know, Jesus came to give us life and give it to right. the full. like full life comes from relationship with Jesus and late relationship with people. Um, that's why Jesus went to the cross is to restore these things um, back to their original, you know, intent. And that's a process. So we call sanctification um, to restore those things. But like, if, if you find yourself not spending a lot of time with God, it, it'd be worth digging into why, because I don't think it's your laziness though. It may play some small role. And I don't think it's like your unwillingness to do these things. I think, I think you just don't like him. Um, and I think that's probably, <clears throat> at some source of misunderstanding or misbelief of who God really is. Um, like yeah. if you, if you're, if you're looking at this and say like, God is angry at me, he's annoyed by me. He's resentful towards me. Um, because of like my own actions, like he's just like, you're, you're looking at saying, well, he's justified in those actions. But the reality is if, if that's how you view God as viewing you, like you're not going to want to spend any time with him. Right. Um, so like, I think question four here is, is huge in terms of like, if you're not spending time with Jesus, you, get, you should figure out why, because my guess is you don't like something about his character. 
Um, not like not head knowledge stuff. Like, you know, you know what scripture says about, you know, how God views you and what God has done for you and the sacrifice that Jesus made for you. Like from a head knowledge perspective, you can connect all right. those things and be like, no, we're good. But I think it's worth the deep dive to really figure out these emotions of like, how does God feel about you and how do you feel about God and what emotion can I attach to those things? And maybe it's practicing throughout the week um, when you feel an emotion, like connecting with why, why am I feeling whatever I'm feeling or what I'm thinking about? Or like most Christians probably go through their entire week and like other than praying in their meals, and let's be honest, even prayer in the meals, it's it's a habit. It, it's nothing to do with actually talking with God. Um for most people that like until you come back to church that next Sunday, you, you probably maybe thought about God if we're lucky once. And it wasn't even necessarily like hmm. a thought like with God, it was just about him. Um, and then even in sermons, like maybe it's, you're just thinking through like all the ways that you need to change and fix yourself. And um, you know, you got all the ways you got to do it on your own where Jesus is like, no, no, no. Like you're missing the point. Like I just hmm. want to know you and I want to be known by you. And, um, I, I want to live inside of this thing um, so we can walk together and you can see a, a level of growth in your character and in your joy yeah. and in your hope for your future that you never thought possible. I want to teach you how to experience those things. Um, but I, I think a big piece of that is we have, I don't want to say wrong, wrong emotions because there's potentially we have, we have the right emotion that God mm. has towards mm-hmm. us, but um I think oftentimes we don't, but I, I don't want to say we never do. Uh, but I think we just don't like God. Um, and I think that's a big piece of, of why we don't spend any time with it. Cause I don't know about you, but like when you're newly in love with somebody, um, right. like, and you're infatuated by that person, you want to, you want to be around them all the time. Totally. Um, you want to know everything about them. Um, you want to engage them and spend as much time as you possibly can with them. But that's not the norm for most Christians in their relationship with God. And I would argue it's because you don't like him. There's some character piece of, of that you've equated to him that, um, or emotion piece that you've equated to him that's just not true of him. Um, and it's, it's worth digging into and talking about and having those conversations, which probably are going to feel vulnerable and hard with God. Uh, maybe it's a past experience you had with the church. Um, they harmed you in some way and you've blamed God for those experiences. Um, you know, have those hard conversations, not going to be fun, but yeah. it'd be worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, not spending time with Jesus is probably worth an investigation on your own to figure out why, why do you not want to? Um, maybe it's the feeling of he's distant. I, I, I don't know. I, it could be a thousand different things probably for everybody, but um, it, it's, it's kind of the key to this conversation. Um, and I know this conversation is for Andrew and yeah. I to yeah. get to know each other even more and then model this. But um, from the God perspective, I, I think this is worth um, digging into because, you know, this is why we exist. You know, this Jesus Light podcast, though we like to talk about funny fart things and whatever else comes to mind is, right. you know, the 12 year old inner boys that we actually are. But um, there's also this piece of like, we want, to teach people how to foster relationship with God and foster relationship with people and become experts at it. Um, you know, as, as Christians, there should be no one on this planet that, that do relationship better, um, you know, both in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm. Um, but I think until we're willing to dig into the probably hard pieces of life um, and really evaluate like, man, maybe I just, maybe I actually don't love Jesus as much as I, I like to think that I do. 
um, because I don't, I don't really want to spend a lot of time with him. Like if those are the thoughts running through your head, I think those are thoughts we're digging into. Um, I would say are essential that, to your next. Do that simple framework of like, how did, what is God thinking about me? You know, guess at it. What does God feel about me? Guess at it. Yeah. Like then what am I thinking about God? What do I feel towards God? Like that is such a good framework to use to, have a, a conversation like we just did, but also just as a way to pray. Like, start there if you're listening to that. That's a that's a great way to do it. And I'm going to try to do that this week of like, what is God thinking about me? What's he feeling towards me? What am I thinking about him? What am I feeling towards him? Yeah. It's like, that's, that's a great point to get the conversation started. That's all I'm trying to say. So if you want something practical... Go with that. Like that's that's going to be only a good framework to start some conversations you might need to have with God this week. So, um, brother, yeah. I got to tell you, things are getting a little bit hairy on this side. My one-year-old is uh, diving and trying to get everything off my desk as I hold her half upside down, and she gets post-it notes in this moment. <laughs> but this has been awesome. So before I go on mute... Thank you for uh, for doing this conversation again, Josh. I'm looking forward to the next ones. It's going to be great, man. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, you know, this, and we'll continue this. You know, there's ten conversations inside of uh, this series. This was our third. Um, things to start to get progressively. I don't know if deeper is the right word or vulnerable is the right word, but they're they're going to get a little bit harder for us to practice um, moving forward. Um, we start to talk, you know, next week we talk about, you know, our home life and, you know, the security that we find there and, um, or found or didn't find there, depending on, you know, our stories, um, and digging into those things. Um, and we'll try to do our best to be as vulnerable, but like, let's be honest, you know, our parents and siblings <laughs> listen to our podcast. So, um, we don't want to paint them in a light that's we're going to try to model it uh, in a reasonable them, way. Yeah. We're going we're yeah. to do our best. Um, I don't even know what my answers are. I'm just assuming you start talking about home life and there's going to be things that someone would rather you have not shared. Uh, but yeah, so keep, keep with us, keep going down, uh, this, um, um, this path with us in this series. Um, if you hadn't had a chance to, to grab the tools, um, we'll post them in the show notes at this Jesus life podcast and get you linked over to true life. And maybe there's someone in your life that you could walk through so you can be fully known and be uh, know someone fully as well. Walk through with your spouse, walk through with your trusted Thanks for friend. listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.